Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our. <laughs> I felt a burp rising up my throat and then that distracted me as well. (laughs) Right, this is not funny. This is not funny. This is serious business. Misery business. (laughs) That's a different episode. Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode... (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I'm laughing at my own voice. Oh, we can't. (laughs) Tonight on the weather. (laughs) Showers of emo tears. <laughs> Sad songs. Get your umbrellas, guys. We're crying. Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our favourite bands and deep dive into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. We made it! <laughs> Fifteen oh, takes later, we I'm, did the intro. I'm crying. <laughs> Why was that so funny? Uh, welcome to week four. No, episode four. How was your week, Danny? I have just come back from Germany. The jet set life is going to kill me. <laughs> um, I got back last night and then I was in work today. So I'm a corpse of a person. I'm not even real. I went to Germany to see Bad Omens and then Bring Me the Horizon, which who are supported by A Day to Remember. So I saw really good bands and I had a really good time. And I went to Frankfurt, Stuttgart and Wiesbaden. Oh, look at you, old German. I've been practicing <laughs> my did you, pronunciations. Did you do German in school? No, but I did it on Duolingo in the lead up to my <laughs> trip away. It sounded pretty impressive. Yeah. I didn't use it once while I was over there because I kept panicking. Even if someone started speaking to me in German, I knew how to say I don't speak German, but I panicked every time that I'd get it wrong. So I just went, <laughs> I keep getting emails to say I made Duo sad because I haven't done my Spanish. Maybe Not we should do enough. an episode... In foreign language someday. Yeah, that'll work out really, really well. <laughs> what did you think of Bad Omens Life? They were brilliant. I mean, Noah fell during the first song. Oh yeah, fell When down. he was saying like, and I fell, and I fell in a concrete jungle and he actually fell down. And now there's actually a bit, a bit of stuff. There's actually <laughs> chat about it online because it was uploaded to TikTok and Instagram and everything else. And he came out and said something about like, why does everything have to be filmed these days? But people took it really wrong and were like, well, we why don't you want us filming your concert? And he's like, I don't say, I didn't say I don't want you to film the concert, but yeah. you know, that's just how it works these days. He was like, I was taking the piss. Yeah. But um, it was pretty funny to be fair. <laughs> and you're now a Bring Me The Horizon fan? I am now a Bring Me The Horizon stan. But that's foreshadowing for an upcoming episode. Dun, dun, dun. Always with the foreshadowing. 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 Ominous foreshadowing. <laughs> Did you do research for this week? For today? No. I've been in Germany. <laughs> Have you not been listening to me talk for the past few minutes? <laughs> You've been in Germany and I've been in bed every night trying to get through the 1500 albums there are. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I haven't even listened to the whole back catalogue because uh, I'm a bad host. You're kind of missing out. Some of it's quite good. Yeah, like I'm, I intended to. There just literally wasn't enough hours in my days. Hours! <laughs> God, I hate us. <laughs> Will we get started? Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode four, Funeral for a Friend, otherwise known as Faf. I'm going to refer to them as Faf. Or Faf. So, Funeral for a Friend formed in 2001, and if you thought our Paramore episode was confusing, you're going to need your pen and paper for this one too. 
Great. That's what I need. My brain right now is totally on for that. I'll try and simplify it as much as I can. So two mates, Matthew Evans and Johnny Phillips, were in a band called January Thirst when their singer Michael Davies quit. So they asked Matt Davies, yes, same surname, no relation, to try it as vocalist. They then reformed as Funeral for a Friend. Any idea where the name came from? They're at their friend's funeral. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's grim. <laughs> no, it's a song by Planes Mistaken for Stars. Can't say who they are. Yeah. <laughs> One of Davies, Matt, not Michael's favorite bands. Okay. And I think as well, uh, Ryan Richards, the drummer, was quoted somewhere saying like they didn't really intend for that to be their name. It was just something to call themselves. And then it kind of stuck. Probably didn't intend it to be as grim as it was. <laughs> So they had a second guitarist, Kerry Roberts, who was Chris Roberts' brother, our good mate Chris Roberts. Besties. Uh, but he left. They replaced him with Darren Smith, Darren Smith, not to be confused with Darren. And this lineup recorded four tracks at a studio called Mighty Atom Studios. And upon hearing them, Mighty Atom Records offered them a two album deal, which resulted in the production of their EP in 2002, called Between Order and Model. Mm. But oh, wait! Before this EP was released, their bassist quit and Matthew Evans and Johnny Phillips, who were the two who recruited Matt Davies, also quit. I bet they're raging now. All the rage. <laughs> oh my God, I love it! <laughs> ah. Who needs research? We just need your quick wit. <laughs> so they then recruited Gareth Davies for bass. Yes, another Davies. Again, no relation. And Ryan Richards for drums. So, side note, Davies is the second most common Welsh name. I was just about to say, is Davies a really common surname in Wales? <laughs> it is, apparently, it's very patriotic. I uh, don't know what it means, though, but anyway. So, the band recorded for the whole summer of 2003, and in October of the same year, their first full-length album was released, Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation. What an album. What an album. It's been described as one of the landmark emo records of the 2000s. It received tons of positive reviews, with NME calling it a fearsome debut. So I absolutely love this album. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's Great date. album. I bought this album in a shop in Rathmines when I was with my dad. Because I remember reading about it in Kerrang. And I also bought Stain's 14 Shades of Grey album at the same time. <laughs> which I can't say I listen to now, but I do listen to Casually Dressed. It's a great album. It hasn't aged. No, I find that like every couple of years I'll be like, oh, I want to listen to Funeral for a Friend. And yeah. I'll put it on and it never ages. It's always as good as the first time you heard it. It's great. So oddly enough, they didn't do a concurrent release in the US and they instead did a kind of mashup of their two EPs and released a mini album called Seven Ways to Scream Your Name, which I actually remember because I remember downloading some of the tracks off LimeWire, The Art of American Football, which is still a great song. Oh my God, that is a tune. Great song. It's weird though that they didn't release their album in the US at the same time. They obviously just thought they needed a bit more exposure first before they released it. Yeah. So Casually Dressed had three top 20 singles and they toured extensively to promote it, opening for Iron Maiden in Europe, which is met with heavy criticism. I was just about to say, I don't think they have the same fans. <laughs> no, and it's also not their fault. I mean, if you get offered to tour with Iron Maiden, you're hardly going to say no. Yeah. So they spent 2004 touring the US and trying to gain traction there, supporting Linkin Park and then headlining at Reading and Leeds, which would have been great. Side note, in 2012, they released this as a live album, but we all know live albums are crap. Yep. Nobody's going to That opinion's that. not changing through <laughs> any episode. <laughs> <laughs> the band's second album came in 2005 in the form of Hours, and they spent most of this year and the following doing multiple tours in the UK and US to promote it. Hours, to me, is slightly more melodic, but definitely fits in with Casually Dressed. Yeah, yeah. 
really liked this album as well. There were four singles off it, and during production, they used some slightly odd methods, including recording Matt Davies singing in a moving car for Drive <laughs> and on a public street for History. Was that necessary? Yeah, I was like, which is cool and all, but literally what I was thinking was, I'm not sure it was necessary. Yeah. You don't listen to it and think, this sounds better than if you just recorded it in a studio. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't, maybe, I, I feel like maybe I heard the public street thing for history before. Like, just as some tip. I don't know yeah. if someone told me or something, but I've never listened to it and been like, you can tell this is on a street. Yeah. And what a difference it's made. I remember watching the documentary on Census Fail and there was, can't remember which song it was, but they all went out and bought these really heavy boots from Walmart and they all stood around a mic and the song, it's like, so they were like stomping along to it and I was like oh that's cool and then when I listened to it on the album I was like I can't hear it I don't it just seems like such an odd waste of time but there you go also get a drummer who can make that noise is that not the point of them (laughs) the drummer was one of the people standing around he was probably keeping the time are you ready for the next bit go on 2007 the ships album came the ships also known as tales don't tell themselves I don't think I really got this album the way I got the first two. Yeah, when I think of you and a friend, I always think of me and you being like, they were so good. And then they had to write a whole album about chips. (laughs) This was the band's first concept album. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was a concept album. Yeah. Is it? Okay, can I guess? Just guess Guess. that I didn't do any research. Is it about like them being on tour is like sailors being away from their families. And that's kind of the concept. That's why it's about ships and like being at sea and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. I'm impressed. Nailed it. So according to Matt Davies, it's about a fisherman called David, who lived in a little fishing town with his wife Eleanor and his daughter Isabel. But one day while he's out fishing, a big storm comes and leaves poor old David shipwrecked. He basically nearly dies and goes all delirious with his life flashing before his eyes, but decides he has to make it back to Eleanor and Isabel. So he builds a little raft and makes it back to them. I mean, there's a concept album, like how I explain the concept. And then there's like, you're giving people names and families. And it's like, And that's me summarizing. It was more extensive than that. I was like, whoa. Uh, But I wouldn't have got, yeah. I mean, obviously when you listen to it, you get it's about the sea. Yeah. But yeah. So commercially, this album was successful, but it did have mixed reviews. They were definitely moving away from their screaming vocals. And I think trying something different with the whole sea theme. Uh, some more interesting bits about the recording, though. Matt Davies used the same microphone to record this album as the microphone he used for Casually Dressed. Again, not sure what difference that made. We use the same microphone for every episode of the podcast. <laughs> Can you tell, guys? <laughs> uh, and Ryan Richards recorded all... Oh, yeah, this was bizarre. So he recorded all the cymbal parts of his drums separately from the rest of his drum parts. So when he played... Did he wear them on his boots? <laughs> <laughs> he, like used electronic symbols when he was recording them and then recorded the actual symbols and then merged them together. Okay. I just don't know why that was necessary. But this is also the first album on which Matt Davies plays guitar. Little cutie. And this album reached number three in the UK in its first week, which I wouldn't have said it was that successful. No. Yeah. Like in the UK singles or album charts or whatever. Album charts, yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. I had two singles released from it. Couldn't tell you what they are. Because they're one of those bands, like if you say to someone who's not interested in rock music I'm going to see My Comic Romance they know who they are but if you say you're going to see Funeral for a Friend they're like what? Yeah I think that's one of the things about Funeral for a Friend is their fan base was so big locally like mm. the first year they released their um, EP like they were nominated for a Kerrang Award and it was voted for by the fans 
So I think that's what made them such a success. Like, there's no way it would have reached number three in the US. Mm. But in the UK, yeah, they were definitely successful. So the next year, they planned on releasing another EP with four or five tracks on it, but ended up with so much material, they released another full-length album called Memory and Humanity. So this album was a bit lost on me, and I think that's probably the reason why. It was released only a year after the Ships album, and because I wasn't getting that as much as their other material, I probably didn't pay much attention to this one. Yeah, yeah, they kind of lost me with the Ships, and then (laughs) I didn't come back for this one. This album is actually closer in sound to Casually Dressed and has sort of like harsher vocals than Ships. Um, so I've listened to it a few times in preparation for this and I actually like it. I like shame, it. I yeah. was actually listening to it in the car on the way here. I have listened to it before, but just to refresh my memory, I was listening to it and I was enjoying it. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it's definitely like not one of those ones where it was a chore to listen to it for this and I'd definitely no. go back and listen to it again. But it seems to have been lost on other people too because it didn't do as well commercially as the previous album. It still did well, just not as well. This year, 2008, was also the year when... Band change! Gareth Davies, who played bass, left and was replaced by Gavin Burrow, who is still in the band today. So not a Davies, but another G. Gareth and Gavin. 2009 and 2010 saw the release of a compilation album and also an EP. So when I was reading about this, which I thought was quite interesting, they were signed to Atlantic Records, who had in their contract that at any stage they could release a compilation album. So they decided, hey, we're going to do this. And Fuel for a friend were like, mm, bitch shit, nobody listens to them. Why would you want to do that? Fair. <laughs> so, so to be fair to them, they actually released like four new songs on it to make sure it was worth it for the fans. Take note, everyone else. Nobody wants to listen to a shit compilation album. True. 2010 also had another band change. So guitarist Daran Smith left. Gavin Burrow changed from bass to guitar. And a new bassist entered the scene, Richard Butcher. Hmm. But it was 2011 when they released their fifth studio album, Welcome Home Armageddon. The title apparently describes, quote, the idea of patiently waiting for the end to arrive at your doorstep and give you a nice big hug, end quote. I mean, there are many times when I have wished for the soft caress of death, so I get it. (laughs) I sent an emo. So this album was described by a lot of people as being more pop punk compared to their other albums, and reviews range from calling it a masterpiece to calling it a shame. Wow. So harsh. I definitely moved away from them by the time this album came out. Um, I would have been 21 and in college and my dad probably stopped by me crying at this stage. So listening to it for the podcast was the first time I think I've listened to it from start to finish. And I don't think it's really that pop punk. Have you listened to it? I feel like I have listened to it before, but I can't remember it. And I didn't get a chance to listen to it before today. Like the name's really familiar, but I can't remember. So essentially it's forgettable. I'm sure I have because I was meant to see them a couple of years ago and COVID put an end to that. And I was trying to listen to all of their music before the gig. Mm. So I think I was listening to everything, but I, it doesn't stand out to me. Yeah. yeah. But this was the last album that Ryan Richard was on um, and he was in the band since almost the very beginning. So the same year they released See in Hell, which they referred to as an extended play, which basically had one new track and then acoustic and live, live versions of songs from Welcome Home Armageddon. Again, I don't know why they feel the need to release all this material. Yeah. So they took a break from releasing anything for a year. And in that time, they managed to find another drummer, friend of the pod, Pat Lundy. He sounds super Irish. 2013 was the year of Conduit. This album feels like it goes back to their earlier days and adds on some heavier sounds, with Pat Lundy describing it as more current. Other reviews described the band as sounding invigorated and energetic, crediting the new drummer. Um, And something which I thought was really cool was the album for this was done by a Welsh artist called Snow School 
who was revealed to be none other than the former singer of Faf, Matthew Evans. Mm. Which is cool. And he also does backing vocals in one of the songs on this album. Which I think is cute. Well, I think he's still involved, even though he left. But maybe he's just trying to cling on to the bit of fame that they got after he left. <laughs> but two years later, Funeral for a Friend released their seventh and final full-length album, Chapter and Verse. The three albums before this all had the same producer, but for this one, they chose someone different. Again, I like this album. I've listened to it a good few times, but there's nothing in particular that majorly sticks with me about it. I, I as I said, I presume I've listened to it <laughs> in preparation for the gig, but um, I doesn't stand out to me either. I don't know. I read a review on punknews.org that I thought came to a good conclusion. They said that with each album, they have tried to stick to their original gritty sound while still mixing it up with some more mainstream tunes, but by not sticking to some sort of uniformity, they may have hurt themselves because they, although they kept winning over niches, they lost some along the way as well, which yeah. I think is definitely true. I was lost there somewhere. Whatever they tried to achieve with this album, they'd already done it with Conduit, and so this feels like more of a repeat. Um, and I'd struggle trying to pick which of these albums the songs came from if you were to name one off this one mm. and one off the previous album. And then in September 2015, they announced their split. Boo. Stating like it felt like the band had come to a natural end after 14 years together. They played a run of final shows in the UK, including shows where they played casually dressed and hours in full, which I'm pretty sure I was meant to go to. Hmm. But for some reason I didn't. And I can't remember why. But however, all was not lost because in 2019 they were united as a live band and have played a couple of shows since then with songs from their first three albums. Yeah, so it was about, it was 2019 I think when they announced, when they announced their reunion is when I was supposed to go see them and they weren't playing an Irish date so I booked tickets to see them in Glasgow and then obviously COVID so it was postponed and I had to like change my flights, my hotel, everything. And then they put like announced a new date. So I sorted everything again, hotels and flights. And then there was another kind of wave of COVID. And I was like, I bet this isn't gonna go ahead. So I, I canceled like the hotel and flights and that kind of thing. And event, I think it did go ahead that time. The second or third time it did go ahead. But at that stage, I was so unconvinced of it happening yeah. that I just didn't go. Cause I was like, it'll just be a waste. I'd actually love to see them again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I was going to go see yeah. them. Because I was I was like, okay, no Irish shows. I was like, I'm going. I don't care. Yeah. And like some people have said that they think Matt Davies' voice is not as good as it used to be. Which I don't agree with. Well, I haven't really listened to any other like newer stuff. Mm. But it probably sounds good on the album anyway. But like live, I wonder. Does it sound different? Yeah. Their more recent albums are definitely, they sound like demos again. It's like... It was similar to some of the kind of Fall Out Boy stuff where it sounds like they've just literally gone back to basics mm. and you can hear Matt Davies screaming vocals because obviously Ryan Richards wasn't there anymore and they're definitely not as harsh as Ryan Richards. It kind of sounds like you or me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when I was driving over I was actually thinking about his voice because if you hear a Fall Out Boy song you know that's Patrick Stump like straight away no one else sounds like him. And like similar for My Chemical Romance, you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, that's Gerard. But with Funeral for a Friend, his voice is really good. He's got like really strong vocals, but I don't feel like they stand out as much. Because I was listening yeah. to a song in the car that I don't really know. And I was like, if I heard this in a bar or like out and about, would I know this was Funeral for a Friend? And I probably wouldn't. They definitely sound like a number of other UK bands. Yeah. Although if they played... You know, if they played something that was in the same vein as Casually Dressed, you'd have to know it's them because mm. that's such a standout album. Yeah. 
I'm definitely probably still one of my favorite albums. Like you said, we just go back and listen to it even now. Even As you dress down hours, like go back and listen to them every couple of years. I'm like, gotta go back. I don't think the Ships album is as bad as I thought it was originally. It's not. I enjoyed listening to it today. I feel it's a bit more pop and it's a bit more commercial, mm. like more mainstream and less rocky than the first two. Definitely. And even last week when you were over here and I just kept going around going, I stand <laughs> to oblivion. Like it's catchy. Yeah. But back then we probably didn't want to catch you. We wanted him to talk about his eyes bleeding and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Something really. If his eyes ain't bleeding, I don't care. <laughs> so what about the gig that we went to? Oh, I was wondering when you were going to bring this up. <laughs> We've already posted about it on Instagram. Oh yeah, sorry. The people want to know. For people who didn't know, we're actually best mates with this band. Talk to them all In the time. In our head. <laughs> mm. Us and Matt Davies, uh, Pat Lundy and Chris Roberts. Mates those. Yeah. What year was that? I think that was around 2015. I think it was when they announced their breakup because that was one of their final shows. Oh. Who supported them? I don't know. It was in Fibbers, right? It was in Fibbers. And we were at the front, weren't we? We were in the front row. Yes! Oh, you are right, because they, I think they played mostly hours. Mm. And casually dressed, obviously. Yeah. I think they had announced their breakup, and that's why it was such a big thing that they were going to play, like, kind of farewell gigs. And then they announced Fibbers, of all the places. If you don't know, Fibbers is, like, a tiny venue where local bands play. So local the fact that play, Funeral yeah. for a Friend were going to play there is insane. And also the way the stage is set up, you can't come in from the side, as in there's no like backstage. You literally have to go through the crowd to climb onto the stage. So it's very intimate and there's no barrier blocking you from touching the van. Not that I was doing that, but maybe. (laughs) But it was, the gig was insane. It was so so good. It was so small. The energy, like every single person in the crowd knew every single lyric. Yeah. Like everybody was a diehard fan who was there. Yeah, and especially because they were playing those first two albums. Yeah, and it was so tightly packed and so small that at one stage there was sweat dripping off the ceiling. But the band kept looking at each other. Do you remember this? They kept looking at each other and like laughing because it was so intense. (laughs) Like they couldn't believe the reaction they were getting or that like the crowd were so insane and so into it. I do remember being very sweaty. Yeah. You might not be able to tell from that picture, guys, but I was very sweaty. And I remember they played Alvarez from yeah, Hours, yeah. which is kind of a weird song for them to choose. Mm. And the crowd went insane and sang every single word. And Matt, I think it was Matt, like kept looking at the other guys in the band and just laughing in disbelief at what was happening. I remember them playing End of Nothing, I think. Is it? I always get confused between End of Nothing and Recovery. But you know the song where it's, the start of it is just like a guitar it's like forgiving you it yeah that. and recovery oh i remember that as well as soon as like that first beat hit everyone was like ah! and it was just so good so so good you need to come back you know for a friend we'll get on to matt don't worry <laughs> call up our friends so yeah afterwards in fibbers they played a dj set oh yeah and that's why they were hanging around the venue and that's how we got talking to them oh yeah i forgot completely i just thought I don't know, I thought they came over to us, you know, we're like, you're this cool girl. <laughs> oh my god, despite it, my good intentions. <laughs> Aren't you that famous Irish band? <laughs> oh my god, we wanted to support you, but... <laughs> yeah. But me and Claire had quite a few beverages. A few, a few. And we got chatting to Chris. It was Chris, wasn't it? 
So we got shot into Matt and Matt and Pat first. And then Chris was kind of hanging around all shy and stuff. And we're like, oh, hey, Chris. So for those of you who don't know, we mentioned this in one of the earlier episodes. But we covered Monsters when we were in DMGI. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And we may have told him that after several beverages. We were like, hey, we cover one of your songs in our band. <laughs> and he asked which one and we said Monsters. And he said... He was like, oh, that's like really strange because that's such a hard song to play. Because it's in a weird key It's or in a weird said. key. And I was like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we were like, mm, yeah. <laughs> we totally knew that. Um, and then I actually did read that, that Matt doesn't... They don't play that song live very often because Matt struggles to sing it so much but you didn't struggle did you I didn't struggle one bit <laughs> but he was you know what that is <laughs> talent <laughs> Matt Davis take note but he was so like God love Chris he was so like genuine or like interested you know he's like oh wow that's so cool like that's such a hard song to cover we're like uh-huh. we're like yeah and then we added in these like screaming parts and it's actually like really cool and probably better than your version <laughs> hence they never talk to us again but I remember because I think Matt and Pat were up like DJing at the time you can't see me but I'm doing a DJ motion in case you don't know what DJing is what is DJing they were DJing at the time and they were up on the stage and they kept looking down and laughing because Chris was obviously like quite shy and we were probably very animated in our conversation yeah we why was it just the two of them where has everyone else gone no I was going to say... What? I just remember the lads on stage laughing at Chris because he was yeah. probably like trying to escape us. And we were like, and then we're in a band. He was definitely the shy one just in a corner drinking his beer. And we were like sidling up to him. Hey, fancy seeing you here. <laughs> Let's talk about our band. I know you're in a band, but more importantly, we're in a band. <laughs> but it was great. I remember after that, like, you know, one of those nights where you're just so buzzed. You're like, we met the band. Yeah. We're totally friends with them. This is what our life's going to be like now that once DMGI take off, <laughs> we're always going to be chilling with the bands. Exactly. Even though at that stage, I don't think we existed. Did we? Yeah, we did because we told them we covered their song. Yeah, but... Oh, we'd already broken up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We never officially broke up, to be no, fair. No, we didn't. To we're be actually fair. still in the band. Still going. We actually <laughs> have a run of shows planned for <laughs> next year if you guys want to get tickets. But Pat Lundy, randomer for the band, I felt. Yeah, he's, I think he's a good bit younger than everyone else, isn't he? Mm. Or he looks it anyway. I can't remember the name of the band he was in before. Was it First Final Remains or something? Something like that. But he learned all their songs in like a week so that he could audition for them. Which so they were like, well, sometimes. great, now we have to hire him. <laughs> uh, but he, I do think when he joined, the sound went a bit different. Not in a bad way, but just different to poor old Ryan Richards. Hmm. I just remember when we saw them play that gig and Pat Lundy was there. We were like, who's that chap? Yeah, he looks like a bit of a knacker, doesn't he? <laughs> no offence, just with the hat. Yeah, he didn't look like he fit in. He looked younger than everybody. We were like, who is that guy? And then probably frantically Googled it. Yeah, so we could get a picture with him and be like, hey, Pat. Yeah, we're like, let's get a picture of him and then figure out who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, like I've also said this in one of the early episodes, but um, playing Bend Your Arms to Look Like Wings? When I say playing, I mean playing it on Spotify and dancing around the room to it. And your sister coming in and being like, you guys are so cool. 
so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Were we also bending our arms to look like wings? Because I feel like that's something we would have done. No, I'm pretty sure like you had your mic in your hand and I had my guitar obviously not plugged in and we're just pretending to play it in your bedroom <laughs> that sounds very cool actually and yes. Lydia came in and was like oh my god you guys are so cool we're like thanks <laughs> yeah we're maybe bad. one day you could like be our roadie or something you could work for us <laughs> <laughs> do you know what when I was listening to that song earlier on I was like did we cover this and then I was thinking we didn't but it, we I, had, there was something in my head we air guitared it <laughs> same thing <laughs> I was thinking when I was listening to the albums, they kind of had some good song names. Like, not as long as Fallout Boy ish, but Bend Your Arms Look Like Wings. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. The Art of American Football, mm-hmm. also a good name. That's about it. <laughs> Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation, also good a good name. name. That's about it, guys. 1045 Amsterdam Conversations. That's a great song. Come it, tell me your song to Do you repeat. not agree? Like, you don't look like you agree. <laughs> I do agree. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, my song to repeat is... Oh, I don't know what to choose because I don't want to go obvious. I'm going to say Rookie of the Year. Mm. Because I feel like it's that song when it comes on, you know instantly who it is. And you just start singing along. This one's like... The promise that he made left broken on the floor. Like, it can't be anyone else. I would never skip past it. No. It's a great song. What's yours? 1045 Amsterdam conversations. Is it? Yes. I was going to pick that as well. I was like, if I want to be like a bit unique about this, I'm going to say 1045 Amsterdam conversations. Because I know that I had some kind of Funeral for Friend DVD. Why do you have all these weird DVDs? I don't know. Probably came free with something. <laughs> That's how I discovered them, was Juno on like a Kerrang CD or something. Yes. Yeah. But I had some Funeral for a Friend one specifically. And it had a few music videos on it. And like, I think it had Juno on it, but it had 1045 Amsterdam Conversations, the music video for it. And I was like, what is this song? It's not on the album that I have. I was like, I love it. And I've loved that song ever since. And I've always said that's my favourite Funeral for Friends song. So that was actually a no brainer for me. I didn't realise they had a video for it. Yeah, like not much happens as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. They're like, I feel like they're in an old house or something. I haven't watched it in probably 15 no. years. So I'm fully making this up. Great song though. <laughs> I agree with it. Right, song to skip. I think this goes against everything from every other episode. I found that song to skip the hardest part. Usually I find yeah, that easy. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Because I'm like, oh, I don't like that song. But there is no standard song that I don't like. But obviously I have to choose one for the sake of this. And I'm going to be real controversial here. Oh no. I'm going to say history. Ah, Danny. Because I just feel like... No. I feel like it's the placement on the album or something. Because no. I'm kind of... I'm up and I'm like pepped and energy and I'm singing the songs and that comes on. It's just like a downer. No. But I do have a really good memory of them playing that in Fibbers at that gig and the whole room singing it and it actually being quite emotional. Yeah. So that makes me hesitant to say it. But when I'm listening to the album, I am kind of like, hmm. What is the song that's in or around that song in the album? And it's also kind of slow. Right now it hurts too much to see. I'll probably skip that one what is that song is it dry this could be a movie actually now I'm singing it I quite like that song <laughs> so tell your father yeah what is that song that, that you're mine and I swear the song that I would skip is gonna be no surprise is that it's off the ship's album <laughs> the sweetest wave I don't even know which one that is oh it's just not good anyway I was listening to it earlier because I was trying to pick a song 
that I need to skip and I was going through the titles and I was flicking through the album and I was like, I, I like these ones. I wouldn't actually skip a lot of them. Then it got to that and I was like, wait a second, The Sweetest Wave? You See, think? I think the thing is I haven't listened to any of their new albums or newer albums in yeah. depth. So there are probably much worse songs than history, but I just haven't discovered them yet. You just haven't done your research. But when I was listening to that album today and history came on, I was like, hmm bit of a downer then I remember the gig and I was like oh I can't choose that because the gig was so good but yeah listen here we are what about Sonny on the end of that album I like that song I think it's an odd placement or it's just odd I don't think it fits <laughs> in with the rest of it I always get Sonny and Alvarez mixed up I had to so do I actually. when I was listening to Alvarez today I was like okay this is the one they played at the gig that everybody went crazy for but I only knew it when I heard it I couldn't remember yeah. whether it was Sonny or Alvarez yeah. the name do you know anything personal about the band? There is nothing personal about the band. Isn't Matt Davies married to some French woman? That's a weird one, I know. Is he? Live research. Oh yeah, because they um, they all changed their names to have fucking their wife's surnames. God, he's oh he's vegan and anti-fascist. <laughs> That's good. What's avocado? Avocado bookings. UK talent agency for Parkway Drive. Must be the other sign too, is it? Or that is cute. And he resides in none other than. Oh wait, what's that flag? Germany. Germany. I thought so. I was like, <laughs> we've Belgium? come full circle, guys. We have come full Deutschland. circle. Deutschland. Oh my god, he likes cats. <laughs> well, now we have the history of Matt Davies. He resides in Deutschland. He likes cats. He's a vegan. But there is no sign of his wife. I don't know where I heard that years ago. He's married some French woman. And I think that's when he kind of like got less into the band because he got married and then he was like, no, my family. That's exactly why your man Gareth Davies left the band because apparently he lived in America. So he was traveling back and forth in, from America to be in the band. Hmm. Just some commitment. Not a sign here of any wife whatsoever. Not to say he doesn't have one. <laughs> if she's not on Instagram, she doesn't exist. He's kind of cute looking, isn't he? Sorry, you can't say that. Stop sexualizing everybody. I can't sexualize anyone, so it looks like he's... You cat. horny fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little ginger cat. There's no real controversy. I tried to find some controversy on them, and the only thing I found was that comment he made when people asked him about um, the Lost Prophets controversy. And he basically said, I have nothing to do with this, and that's that. <laughs> Fair. Which is fair enough. I think people were just associating them because they were Welsh. Like, he must know something about this. He's also from the same country. <laughs> but he didn't. Just like you know everything Conor McGregor's up to. Exactly. Well, if you would like to know about our next episode, which I've already mentioned, I'm going to be talking about Bring Me the Horizon. Because, bitch, if you like controversy, let's go. Let's go. I would say that'll be way juicier than this episode. It's going to be pretty juicy. I feel like this episode was wholesome. It was just about a nice band that we like. There was nothing... From Wales. <laughs> there was nothing bad about them. Maybe that's their whole thing. There's nothing really... They're fine, like. They're grand. <laughs> you know, we love the first two albums. Rest of our albums are grand. No controversy. Matt's a vegan. Likes cats. Likes dogs. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a little nice uh podcast to fall asleep to this will be the episode danny's episode next week will probably be spicy yeah super spicy she's their biggest fan now (laughs) i became a stan despite the fact that they're (laughs) cancelled and if you want to follow us you can follow us on instagram at foundations of emo or on twitter where we are foundations emo and we post lots of cool stuff like 
pictures of us with Fiona for a friend and pictures of Claire's cat Rupert. We, we haven't done that yet, but we, we will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it now. And pictures of our cool outfits from Give Em Hell Clothing yeah, that we're wearing. Out. Give Em Hell Clothing. Keeping us looking stylish. We post a photo of us wearing them. Yeah. yeah. We're about wearing a t-shirt by them right now, so. Matching. That's how we do it on the pod. So we will talk to you in two weeks time. Bye. Bye.